welcome to What's the Takeaway podcast with Jacqueline, Julie, and me, Danielle. And today we are so happy to have you join us. Would you please just pull up a chair, clean the house, get in the car, whatever it is you're doing, and join us for a chat about the Bible. And today we're going to keep along the theme of Jesus and his interaction with women in the Bible. Um, but today we're not going to look at just one woman. We're going to look at two women. Two. In fact, they're two sisters. Ooh, fight's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Mary and Martha. Um, and as I've stated before, I'm 100% a Martha of this world. But mm. we do all need Marthas. <laughs> and I also have a big sister. So, you know, I, I enjoy this story, the kind of interaction mm. between the mm. sisters. I think that um, it's nice to see the dynamics mm. kind of chop and change as well throughout mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. They also have a brother, Lazarus. Um, and I think it's safe for us to assume that this is a family who were very close to Jesus because we have three different encounters and interactions with them, mm-hmm. um, which is quite it's quite awesome, isn't it? So, Danielle, mm-hmm. you have our first encounter. Yes. So I'm going to talk a little bit about this story. I like how you just talked about how you have an older sister. And I was like, wait a minute, I have an older sister. Oh, my gosh, my sister's totally a Martha. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, wait, I do have a brother as well. Wait, this might be my family, but I know it's not because <laughs> my family hails from Mexico, not Jerusalem. So, all right. So, yeah, it's a good story. It's a great story. But like you said, I think that there's so many different ways of applying the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the traditional view is to um, look at it as a contrast between worship and service mm-hmm. or service and, and adoring the Lord mm-hmm. or something. What, what what contrast would you use between the two? Yeah, I think it probably it is that, isn't it? Like not letting service overtake your worship. Mm. Um, but I think we also see that there is the link constantly that both can go hand in yeah. hand mm-hmm. but not to lose sight of yeah. the of the most important thing yeah <laughs> like, no, you're right. i'm trying not to yeah. tell your story no, no no you're not going to tell my story because that is like <laughs> what that is like the traditional telling of yeah. the story mm-hmm. but the more i sat and thought about that story and i pondered it and pondered it and i sat and thought to myself there is something going on here what is it and then the more i looked at it i was like wait a minute hold on a minute we're in someone's house so I, I'm putting it in the context of what we talked about last time about, or the very first one. What, what episode was that? The first one we started talking I don't about. Know, women. I think we got a bit confused. I know we episode. numbered it I think wrong. it's like 33, 33 maybe. Okay. So in that episode, we talk about how um, in, in the culture of the time, it was just totally accepted that women and their testimony and women mm-hmm. in general were just a lower class. Mm-hmm. Is that right? A lower class and a lower status Uh and all that. So in that context, if you're looking at the story with all that, Mm -hmm. it kind of changes the story for me a little bit. Mm -hmm. Because I think there's a different layer that I might be missing. And the layer for me is that I'm sitting here looking at a woman who is sitting at the feet of Jesus Mm -hmm. in a house where I believe the disciples might be as well. Mm -hmm. And Martha is cooking. So what I'm seeing is everyone sitting in the... Well, Martha is sitting within her cultural context Mm -hmm. she's doing what a woman is expected to do and then all of a sudden you see this other lassie and she's sitting at the feet of jesus Mm -hmm. which is what disciples do Mm -hmm. and that sort of blew my mind because i was like right now in that scene the disciples are sitting around jesus and there's that lassie in the middle of them Mm -hmm. and i keep thinking to myself what is she doing at the feet Mm -hmm. of jesus i'm going to just throw it out of there because it's in my head right now 
but she wasn't the only woman that would no. have been sitting around listening but to this him is the story because there's have. the culture change happening, isn't there? Yeah, I don't think she's the only woman, mm-hmm. probably in in a wider sense, but mm-hmm. in a specific sense, she mm-hmm. is being pointed out in contrast mm-hmm. to her sister for a reason. Mm-hmm. And so I think in a specific sense, mm-hmm. we're going to look at it like that. Mm-hmm. We're going to look at it as, hold on a minute, because obviously when they were out, he fed the 5,000. The only 5,000 are counted are the men. The women and the children yeah. are not counted. Mm-hmm. So back to our cultural context. Mm-hmm. So then we also look at it. We think, okay, well, he, none of these women came near him in the same way. Mm-hmm. that We've never seen any of those women come near him in the same way that the Marys have. Mm-hmm. So Mary, when she anointed his feet, Mary, the uh, possessed woman, um, mm-hmm. the woman caught in adultery, mm-hmm. this Mary as well sitting mm-hmm. at his feet. So in this context, in this house... We see her sitting at his feet. We don't mm-hmm. hear about any other women. No. So we just see her. And in that context, that's what blew my mind because I kept just looking at her and going, man, she's bol- she's breaking mm-hmm. all the social norms right now. She should be in that kitchen, according to the social norms. She should be in that kitchen mm-hmm. helping out her sister. Yes. And instead, she's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And that really, really took me back to the very original mm-hmm. story that we started telling about the paradigm shift. Mm-hmm. About She knew it's okay. I think she knew she was safe. Yeah, absolutely. She, and actually, he was so welcoming to this behavior. Mm-hmm. I think what we talked about was Jesus didn't preach things. He did things. Mm-hmm. So he he showed us how women mm-hmm. can be treated. Mm-hmm. No other woman have we ever heard sat at the feet of a rabbi. No. Does anybody have any historical mm-hmm. reference for that? So if you do, you can always comment. But I don't know of any other woman no. that sat at the feet of a rabbi. So here she's sitting at the, fe- the feet of Rabbi Jesus. And once again, we see Jesus living out what he believes. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting here having this conversation. He's obviously teaching because she's listening. And we have that paradigm shift, that paradigm moment Mm -hmm. where he just breaks through and he, he wants to sit and have this conversation. And Mary is genuinely mesmerized by him. If we read the actual text, she's mesmerized by Mm -hmm. him and she's listening to him teach. And she's caught in this sort of moment. And Martha, her sister, and, it's so crazy because Martha comes out. Now we can retone, by the way, into Martha's voice here. Oh yeah. Remember mm. we couldn't I mean, retone and in, tone into the woman at the well. Yeah. There's definitely there's tone in Martha's voice. Oh, there's some yeah. attitude. And mm-hmm. as a sister, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can know what I'll have used the same mm-hmm. similar tone. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Yvonne. No. <laughs> My sister has great tone as well, by the way. So so Mary's mesmerized by Jesus' teaching and is caught by her sister Martha sitting and listening to Jesus' teaching with the male disciples around as well. And this could have been quite a social embarrassment to the family. We're not sure how that would have been expe- expected to be mm-hmm. viewed. I agree with you. She knew she was safe with Jesus. So the, the role of women was to serve the family and support in all the, there were supporting roles. So we see that Martha becomes quite upset. Yeah. I'll mm. just say upset. Some people say she's very angry. Um, I think there is tone that you can read in the actual Greek. Yeah. I could be frustrated. Yeah. I could mm. be frustrated, a bit, you know, peeved off, as they would say. Yeah. So Jesus is not enforcing this social norm by telling Mary to get back to work. But get, Jesus, back get back in the kitchen. Get back in the woman, the kitchen. So Jesus passionately defends Mary's choice to sit and listen. And doing so, he immediately is counterculture. And he immediately affirms women's roles mm. as fully-fledged disciples and implicitly invites Martha to join her sister among the disciples. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I love this so much is because I feel in a lot of ways I can really understand Martha, uh, Mary, I was a Martha for a long time, but I think I get Mary. And the reason why I get Mary is because I really struggled with knowing my role as a follower of Christ mm-hmm. because 
I have the gift of teaching, but in, in my, um, in my, what do I want to call it? My, my community, my Christian community, Mm -hmm. women cannot be teachers. Um, so I, I was really confused. I got saved at 16. I was immediately discipled, not by women. I was discipled by men. I was discipled by my youth pastor and my pastor. And I remember my youth pastor said to me, if you were a man, I would have already raised you up. Mm-hmm. So I really had a lot of conflict within myself, but I was so blessed. I cannot even tell you how blessed I was to be able to, um, just be the recipient of all these books and mm-hmm. education and then going off to Bible college and just really loving my Bible college lectures and giving all this privilege. But here I am, this woman sitting at the feet of Jesus, but yet I'm sort of caught between two worlds mm-hmm. because what do I do with this information? What do I do with what Christ has given me? And I remember when God started kind of moving in me to teach and really having a real big issue with how mm-hmm. do I go about doing that? And also within my Christian community, you know, you often weren't provided a role unless you were married to a pastor. Mm -hmm. So it was Mm -hmm. was really like a really hard time for me to sort of grasp what God was doing in me. But I remember feeling like Mary, like sitting at Jesus's feet and yet feeling like someone was like, hey, why don't you go get in the kitchen? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. (laughs) I've got this other thing going on. So how do I? How do I navigate these two worlds? Because I don't think they're exclusive of one another, by the way. No. So she's been given this freedom to worship publicly and not be cast off into a corner. And then I wrote, nobody puts baby in a corner. (laughs) 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 Sorry for the cheese. Sorry for the cheese. But I thought about it. You know, he could have just casted her out and said, you know, Mm -hmm. you need probably to go get to work with your sister. But he's trying to make a point to society as a whole. But also, it's not, I mean, I think God is so much greater than that. I do think God does have issues with society and he wants to deal with them. But I do think he was dealing with this intimate moment with these women. And so the act of being at his feet, this was a Jewish custom for um, for a servant who wanted grace from his master. You would fall at their feet. The feet represent a place of grace and mercy where you go to worship. Go for it. What were you going to say? Oh, a bit like when we see in Ruth mm-hmm. where she yes, is at exactly. That's an exactly good good example because that was listed in the list as well. So it's this place that you go for your grace and for your mercy. Mm-hmm. She went to seek, you know, Ruth went to, mm-hmm. to Boaz to seek the grace and mercy mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, being brought into his family mm-hmm. kind of a mm-hmm. thing. So it wasn't just Mary that wasn't helping. Um, she was seated at Jesus. Sorry, it wasn't just that Mary wasn't helping. Okay, that's not the first. That, no. that was part of no. it. Mm-hmm. But it was that she was seated at Jesus's feet, a position that was reserved for the rabbi's students. Mm-hmm. It was improper for a woman to join the men. And even worse, that she was seated among his disciples. So culturally speaking, mm-hmm. we're doing something that the outside world, mm-hmm. the Hellenistic Jew world, is looking in and saying, that's not kosher that's not doable Mm -hmm. and yet jesus is saying i'm allowing it it's Mm -hmm. safe it's good Mm -hmm. and once again he's upsetting everybody isn't Mm -hmm. he because jesus just he literally did just upset Mm -hmm. every single religious person out there um and i have a lot of respect for that it wasn't upsetting people for the sake of it it was upsetting because what all these rules and regulations that we put on each other were so burdensome Mm -hmm. and they were causing so much difficulty and there is a viable role for women to play Mm -hmm. and he and he was sort of expressing that by allowing her to sit there so martha overflowing with righteous indignation she confronted jesus in front of the entire group which i think was a Mm no-no i think why did you do it in front of the whole group but then who am i to judge i probably would have done it too because i'm a little bit fiery like that (laughs) so she says um lord don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself tell her to help me now who's stepped out of a cultural box here Martha has confronted the rabbi. Both of them. Ooh, 
these girls are rocking it with Both breaking the social norms, right? <laughs> yeah. We've got we've got one sitting at his feet worshiping publicly, and then we've got another mm-hmm. confronting him. So let me ask a question here then. Mm-hmm. Do you think that I, I think this is a sign of how close they are to Jesus? Right. Mm-hmm. I do. I think that they feel so comfortable that Martha feels that she can point out to Jesus that the audacity of her sister Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's that her sister's at his feet Mm -hmm. I think it's that her sister is not helping her yeah but I think you're missing my point no no no. (laughs) because I I think it's both uh I think it is both but But I think Jesus is trying to say it's not just about that yeah if she was so put out by the Oh, it's because he's sitting there. Mm-hmm. I think she then might have been a little bit embarrassed. She, I don't think she would maybe have called it out just as much, though. No, I think she was a bit embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I think she was like, your place is over here. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't mm-hmm. be sitting at his Do feet Do you like think that. she would have said it if it was any other woman or just because it was her sister? It's, it's thought that it was because it was in her home. It's thought it's because it was in her home. Mm-hmm. And that could bring embarrassment to them yeah. in the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Because we're allowing her to sit at his feet as if she were mm-hmm. a disciple and a student of the rabbi. Mm-hmm. And so it's all controversial. Mm-hmm. It's all controversial. And though I think the layer of service is there, I totally mm-hmm. do, because I think they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's the problem is I think that there's all these social norms being broken. Mm-hmm. And we need to recognize that it, there's more going on than just the service mm-hmm. and the worship. But what I'm metaphor. trying to pull in is the sister aspect. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's the element to Martha and Mary because it's like the sisters and, you know, having siblings? Mm-hmm. That there is almost that, oh, I can't believe they're getting to do that and I'm not getting to do that. So, so jealousy, they're, you're thinking there's jealousy. A bit indignant about the fact that Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus. In the sense of jealousy? Yes. No, or, I don't or think just, there's just, a... just, um, maybe jealousy is not the right word. Just sibling rivalry. rivalry. I mean, like in the sense of maybe she's being um, bossy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hmm. I mean, there might be an element of that, but I don't know if that's even like I think we would be reading into it. Yeah, because and I we think do there's know, so many elements to it. Yeah, that... I think we would be reading into it to say that because we have no defense of that for mm-hmm. her. But what we can say is that she was mad, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and she oh, yeah. should not. If you're looking at the picture, she should not culturally have been sitting there. No. And as a Jewish woman in Jewish society, mm-hmm. being respected by other Jews. We're sort of breaking a lot mm-hmm. of rules here. And I think there's something to be said about the mm-hmm. rules being broken. Mm-hmm. And I think that that it's amazing because he even says, like, this is where it's mm-hmm. at. Like, this is where it's at. Yeah. Is where mm-hmm. she's at, is at my feet. Mm-hmm. So she's got that little bit of, I guess you would say, like you said, the indignation, but she breaks her own cultural box. Yeah. Because she <laughs> confronts him. Which so I that, think that's what maybe, yeah. yeah. So maybe there's a spirit of, I, I sort of say, like, maybe what we're calling bossiness is sort of a motherly attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of like, like, why are you talking to Jesus like that? I mean, like, I know you feed him and stuff, but like, I don't, I'm sure you did his laundry a few yeah. times, but I don't know if that gives you a position. But she confronts him, it's which is a definite no-no. You don't confront no, a rabbi. No. A woman certainly doesn't confront no. the rabbi. So now she's breaking all these <laughs> cultural norms. And it's in front of a room full of, of men, you know? And I know, like you said, it's her house. There's probably a, a level of safety. But the interaction is so amazing because in the, the gen, in the ancient times, the gender norms were so all over the mm-hmm. place. And it's just a it's, – it's actually just when I sit and think about it, I just think, man, that whole – and this is, like you said, layers, because there is that spiritual layer, mm-hmm. you know, of the worship versus the worker. Mm-hmm. And then there's the layer of social cultural norms that is happening. And then there's the layer of a, of, of a woman being a disciple. 
you know, mm-hmm. like it's just so there's so many layers mm-hmm. to it. And I think there's a lot there. And I actually just felt like my mind was blown this week with all of that. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. was like, whoa, I've learned I've learned all the other stuff. I've heard all the other stuff. But this is like something I never really sat and thought about, mm-hmm. about what God did for women mm-hmm. in context of what God did for women and what Jesus did for women. I don't think we're trying to pull something out that isn't there. I think it's mm-hmm. so present. No, it's there. It's like again, so crazy and again, obvious. And again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, he's not preaching it. He's no. actually doing no. it. And gives the, this is the better part. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is where she's mm-hmm. meant to be. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, and I think maybe that's where the part with Martha comes in. Well, if she's meant to be there, then why am I yeah. over here? Kind of a thing. Well, I kind of see Martha going, but if she would come and help me in the kitchen, we could both be there. Mm. We could be done by mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, we can eat later. Yeah, Just I know. Come and sit well, and yeah, I think like you were saying, like uh-huh. Mary in this story represents what was happening more widespread. Uh-huh. Like women were amongst the mm-hmm. disciples, women were sitting at his feet. But Mary in this story represents that shift that Jesus yeah. mm-hmm. is making, that change that mm-hmm. he's That's making. Right. Mm-hmm. And the way that he's doing things mm-hmm. is that women are welcome mm-hmm. and Mary well represents mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Yeah, just idea. Think, like Martha would be like, you know, tell him. And I bet 100% <clears throat> she was expecting him to go, yeah, Mary, can you go help your... 100. No, not mm-hmm. because I, I genuinely think Martha thought that that's an okay place to be. 100%, yeah. But, but she was annoyed that she wasn't able to be there. Mm. And if her sister would just have helped her. Mm. It's like Christmas Day in our house. Well, we go, always go to my sister's house. And um, my sister and I are in the kitchen mm-hmm. doing Christmas dinner mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. We are, you know, and we've got it down to a fine art. I'll mm-hmm. do this side, she'll do that yeah. side. We work mm-hmm. and yeah. sink. Mm-hmm. And I actually think maybe Martha was missing her sister mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And there was her Our sister. Teammate. Yeah. So yeah. Actually, and I think probably they did that. Like you said, they did that all the time. They were yeah. in that sink together. But then she's saying, forget this. There's something greater uh-huh. to yeah. do. And that's it. But her sister was like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm now left with this. But yeah. not seeing the bigger picture. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that. I just think that's like an onion. You just keep peeling it, and there's more yeah. layers and more yeah, layers, that's and totally there's so right, the much way. to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And it really is not to say people needed fed. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and we we do need to serve. Yeah, but we need to serve with the right heart as well. Mm-hmm. So if Martha just kept doing what she was doing, mm-hmm. just serving with the right heart, but mm-hmm. the minute she questioned it, yeah, her heart had changed. There was yeah. bitterness. Yeah. That yeah. attitude, yeah. and is that's there. what I think is like when when I talk about layers. That's what I'm saying is like I feel like that is one layer. Uh-huh. And I feel like there's a layer being missed. Yeah. And the layer that's being missed is the cultural shift that Jesus mm-hmm. is, is yeah. making. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yep. Awesome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Julie, I mean, I could talk about Mary and Martha all I day know. long. All day You're long. Not I think this, <laughs> this episode might be three hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, you are going to bring in their brother, Lazarus. Oh, we Lazarus. Yeah. Scottish, apparently. <laughs> oh, we so, Lazarus. So. <laughs> So Mary and Martha had a brother. Graham's shaking his head. (laughs) Mary and Martha had a brother called Lazarus, and Jesus loved them all equally. He loved Lazarus. He loved Mary. He loved Martha. (laughs) Yeah. So Lazarus equality. (laughs) Lazarus um, falls ill, Mm. and they send for Jesus. So Mm -hmm. it's like that. You know that moment when they like call the family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's done it's almost time <laughs> um, so he's really really sick and they call for Jesus so you would expect that because he loves Lazarus he would just drop everything mm-hmm. and he would go straight there 
but he doesn't do that. Um, and we're told in scripture Jesus, that he on? waits until Lazarus is dead, very dead, in the tomb four days Oops. when he arrives. So according to tradition, they are sure that he is definitely <laughs> dead by four days. Um, there's like a tradition thing, like a religious tradition surrounding the dead days. Bodies. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So by day four, you're definitely, definitely dead. <clears throat> so why... Why did he wait? The Why disciples, did he wait, well, the disciples must have been really confused because they knew about the relationship yeah. he had with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. Um, so they must have been scratching their heads, but I think mm. they did that a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Mary and Martha, I mean, what what were they thinking and feeling about this? Like, they did he mm. didn't he love them? Didn't he love Lazarus? Um, so when he does arrive, it says in John 11, verse 20, that Martha runs out to meet him. Typical Martha. Aye. to Martha. She runs out to meet him. But Mary, she's a hostess. She's a firstborn. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> I'm not firstborn. I'd have done that. <laughs> but Mary doesn't go with her. And I was like... Mm, Mary, what's going on? And I wrote, to, I wrote this down. Do you think she was raging? <laughs> ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
that we mm. can have that. Um, and I, I'm trying not to kind of romanticise every story here. I'm trying to <laughs> look at it from all angles. Good luck, honey. Um, that <laughs> even if she was frustrated and upset with Jesus, doesn't mean to say she doesn't love him. Hmm. just means that she doesn't really understand yeah. how many times do we not understand so the situation times. that yeah. we've been in so it does leave us with angry and bitter questions towards Jesus yeah yeah. I think I mean I think he, he would have allowed her the space mm-hmm. to yeah. express herself in that mm-hmm. way and he still would have comforted yeah. her and picked her up mm-hmm. off the ground mm-hmm. and loved, or mm-hmm. loved her into a place of understanding yeah. I'm Absolutely. confident that if she was out of line, Jesus would have told her. Yeah. I mean, don't, I do think it is a, oh, if you'd been here, my brother mm-hmm. would still be alive. That That's how I hear it, but I'm mm-hmm. just trying to make my mind think different ways right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think Jesus messes about when he's, like, he no. would have been truthful with her. Yeah, like he, he said, would have said, how like, do you he, speak to me like he, that? Hold on a minute. <laughs> 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 don't you know what your cultural norm tells you? You're not going to speak to me like that. No, I don't think you would have been like that. Um, Again, another sign of the relationship. Set her yes. right. uh-huh. He would have set her right, definitely. But he knew it was coming. Yeah, of course he did. I mean, don't we see in that story as well um, that his love for Lazarus, like, I, just, I think he says that he cries or there's something in the text that says his, to- his Jesus himself was very, very moved emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that mm-hmm. we're seeing a story of a lot of love, sadness and grief. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jesus was so, loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha so much that he was so deeply moved emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that when she says that, I think like the whole scene if we see the whole scene, it's a scene of grief. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, if you'd only been here, you know, mm-hmm. it's a yeah. scene of grief. Yeah. And I don't think he has any judgment for it because I think he would have said, he would have said something like he said mm-hmm. to her in the house. Yeah, well, Martha poses that question to him as well and, mm-hmm. and he says, I um, can't remember exactly what he says, but he says, um, he basically says that he's going to, raised yeah. Lazarus uh-huh. from the dead. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, I know he'll be ra- At the raised resurrection. on the last day. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. no. It's That's not, not what I mean. Yeah. Watch this. Just watch and, and see. Watch yeah. and see. So, obviously we know, spoiler alert if you don't know, Jesus does raise Lazarus from the dead. <laughs> spoiler um, alert. Um, Please tell me you him. get in there <clears throat> about what he say, what they say when they say, take away the stone. He's going to stink. Oh. Don't do that. He'll be stinking. He'll be yeah. smelling. I think it's <laughs> that was the, so Scottish. Is the, the, <laughs> He'll be stinking. The King James Version says something. Lord, he stinketh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Stinketh. Yeah. yeah. So it's that so, total, total disbelief. But it, it stinks. Mm-hmm. You really yeah. want us to open like up that too? Like he's really dead. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Mm-hmm. You're a bit late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So he does. He does raise him from the dead. And his sisters get their brother back. And it says in the passage that many believed. um, And like you were saying, Jacqueline, so often we don't understand why God Mm -hmm. does the things the way he does. But it's always for our benefit and for his glory. And this story is a perfect example of that. You know, the people that were there wouldn't have been there if Lazarus hadn't died. If he was only sick, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't have been very many many people there. There were so many mourners there. Mm -hmm. So there's so many more people to witness Mm -hmm. that miracle that Mm -hmm. was so much greater than a healing would have been. Yeah, Just the impact was so much bigger. And also, um, after this, we read that um, in verse 53, that from that day on, that was when they began to plot uh, to put Jesus to death. Oh, that wow. was the beginning of that part Whole of the scheme. story unfolding. So, mm. you know, it's a pivotal moment. 
there's so many layers to the story again, but it's like you know, it's a teaching moment for the disciples. People get saved, Mary and Martha get their brother back, and the plot to kill Jesus is set in motion mm-hmm. from this event. Just in case I forget, that's my takeaway. I didn't know that bit. Oh. So I know this story inside out, upside down, but I didn't know mm-hmm. that bit. That's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um oh it's yeah. I think if we keep it in the context of the idea of what God did for women, it goes back to the idea that he can have these conversations with them in public mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that they can approach him in such, well, I wouldn't say aggressive. No, that's vulnerable. the wrong word. Vulnerable, honest. open, honest. Yeah. Like that wasn't acceptable. No. And yet he's engaging that conversation with them in front of all mm-hmm. of these people. Mm-hmm. And am I right in saying, Danielle, you'll be able to connect to me if I'm wrong. In the Jewish community, the more mourners you had at your tombstone, mm-hmm. the more popular, the more mm-hmm. kind of affluent of a family you were, mm-hmm. to the point that some people would hire in mourners if they didn't Correct. actually know people. Mm-hmm. But these would have been genuine mm-hmm. mourners yeah. at the tomb mm-hmm. witnessing this yeah. incredible miracle and um, witnessing what's the interaction with these sisters yeah. and Jesus. I'm going to yeah. do something that I don't like to do, but I'm going to do it for the sake of a story, which is to indulge a little bit and say, Okay, so these women had been following Jesus. They'd become, you know, followers, caretakers, you know, of Jesus and the disciples. And yet we see that these women are now like, let's let's say that maybe these women had been trying to share Jesus with Mm -hmm. others. Like, come see this guy. Like how Mm -hmm. maybe the women at the well did. Come see this guy. Come hear this guy. Come listen to this guy. And maybe people still had doubts. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, their brother dies. He's in the tomb for four days. You know, the the mourners have gathered. The girls are probably just serving people, knowing those two. And, (laughs) and, you know, they're, they're gathering. And yet here this Jesus that maybe they've been telling their family about and their mm-hmm. friends and people at the synagogue and and maybe all of a sudden they see Jesus do this miracle and that's just the step that they took to the mm-hmm. next level to maybe get mm-hmm. you know it's like the next level so maybe all this witnessing and sharing and living for Jesus because obviously the community would have been like oh man they're following Jesus mm-hmm. everywhere they're letting Jesus in the house they're cooking for him they're looking yeah. after him mm-hmm. you know the community would have known people at the synagogue would have known so lots perhaps, of whispering yes lots of mm-hmm. whispering so maybe this is now that taking it to the next level mm-hmm. of he's his love is yeah. so real uh-huh. mm-hmm. and Jesus had to be there at that you know yeah. um, that grave for a reason mm-hmm. he could have healed Lazarus when he got the message. Mm-hmm. He didn't even Without need even the message. He would have come. known even what was happening. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to make that journey days later, mm-hmm. which is mind-boggling, mm-hmm. but all for a reason, because God's got everything timed mm-hmm. down to the perfect mm-hmm. time. Awesome. Thank you, Julie. I Actually, Danielle and I didn't make that easier for you. We were like two wee school girls there. You held on really, <laughs> we really, really well. Weird. Well done. I don't know what happened to us. I think Danielle was worse than <laughs> That's me. So silly. But, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You were being like all studious and we were being I know you were silly. so serious, man. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. But so now you, now you have to be serious so I can do no. that bit, okay? <laughs> okay, so now we're going to move on to the Anyways, third. Jules. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about Mary anointing the feet of Jesus. Oh, is that the story we're doing next? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I messed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a totally different story, but that's all right. Uh-huh. I thought I had Mary, the mother of Jesus. No, that's the next that's episode. Next episode. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> I'm being like oh out my of goodness. it. Okay. So, and John 12. This is a weird episode. Yeah. Shush. <laughs> John 12. Um, I'm just going to read you a wee bit of it. Okay. Because I think the Jesus, Mary anointed in Jesus' feet, there's a few different kind of stories of Jesus being anointed, okay? And the, if you read some, some will say some, it's made imagine, it's this, that. Here in this um, passage in John 12, to me, there is no question 
of who the Mary is that anoints his feet here in this passage. Okay? So, John 12, six days before the Passover, therefore, Passover, therefore come to Bethany, where Lazarus, with whom Jesus had raised from the dead, so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served again. <laughs> Lazarus, who was one, was one of the ones reclining at the table. So this guy that's not long been raised from the dead, just sitting reclining. And Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped it with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples who was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and having a change of money and having charge of a money bag that he used to help himself to. So he wanted this money so that he could just, you know, take a wee denarii here or there just to suit himself because that's who it was. And Jesus said, yet again, he defends Mary's actions. Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial for the poor you always have with you but me you will not always have mm. okay so Judas is going Judas is scary it's going that's not you know this is ridiculous what a waste of money it should be given to the poor blah 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 and Jesus is saying leave her alone mm. she's doing it for a purpose because he knew what was coming up didn't he mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so a few things that I want to point out here first of all we see that Martha's back to serving that's true to her personality. I think this time the service she's given is different though because mm. we don't see her complaining about what her sister... We don't see her complaining that her brother's at the table lying back eating. Um, we don't see her frustrated by the fact that her sister's sitting at the feet of Jesus again. We just see her serving. Okay, so to me that's the correct servant's heart that we're mm. seeing there. Okay, she's more happy to be serving her Lord. We see Lazarus who'd been resurrected and he was reclining at the table and eating. Um, and I bet that that is a day that his sisters never actually thought they were going to get with him. They just mm. would have been thinking that he was gone. And there we see Mary at the feet of Jesus again. But this time she's not just simply listening and teaching. She is doing a real, true act of service. An amazing show of her love for Jesus and her gratitude through her service. It's not unusual for a host or their servants to wash the feet as they come in the door because it would have been really dirty grounds. They would have sandals of sorts on their feet. would have been dirty. And you know, it's not like we're sitting around a table just now, but if they're all on the floor, can you imagine if somebody's big dirty feet right beside mm -hmm. you while you're eating your dinner? <laughs> so they would wash their feet before they sit down. But the difference here is that Mary is doing it while they are eating. And she's not just washing, she's anointing them. And as the host... That makes it more unusual because it would be a, it would be a servant's job. Um, they're not walking around in like Converse and socks, you know, that they can just take off the earth. Their feet would have been filthy. Um, so, not only was oil pure nard, and we see that Judas Iscariot was horrified by the cost. The modern day likeness to what that oil would have cost is roughly a basics, like a minimum wage for about a year for somebody. That is how expensive that that ointment would have been. Um, I've heard some people say that it would be kept for like um, for weddings or like for burials. That it would be a really precious thing for them to have had in their house, um, or to to own. 
and here she was taking the alabaster jar, breaking it and using it to anoint the feet of Jesus. And then she takes it a stage further. She lets down her hair and she uses her hair to wipe the feet of Jesus like a towel. Jewish women would not have taken their hair down. It would have been a, a sign of shame. They would have, you know, it's a display of loose morals expected mm -hmm. by like a prostitute or, you know, somebody that, you know, just you wouldn't expect to find in, in decent company. But she never took into account what the people round about her were thinking. Yet again, mm -hmm. same as when she sat at his feet the last mm -hmm. time, she just knew that she wanted to show this love of devotion for her Lord and her friend. She didn't care that it was a servant's job. She didn't care the cost of the oil. She didn't care about the shame of unbinding her hair or the oil in her hair. All I could think was, can you imagine washing that oil out your hair? She was so caught up in the act of service. It's amazing. And it got me thinking, how many times do I, cost, do I count the cost of what I'm being asked to do? Am I thinking this is really inconvenient? Am I thinking that's going to take me ages to dry my hair if I get oil all over it? Mm. Or the cultural impact of what I've been asked to do? These are probably things that I count the cost of frequently. Mm. You know, what service actually costs? Or, you know, well, if I do that, then I'm not going to have time to do this. The other thing would be that the smell of this pure nard oil would have been beautiful. It would have filled the whole house. And a bit like when we take a nice candle and light it, maybe if you've had a special occasion and you've lit a candle, you know, and your house smells all beautiful, the next time you smell that smell, it's going to take you back to that nice memory. Mm. So anytime anybody smelt this nard oil that had experienced this encounter with Jesus and getting his feet anointed, then that smell of that oil is going to bring them back to that moment. I thought that was quite a, a nice romantic thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and again, just to reiterate, we don't see Martha complaining. You know, when we, she's not complaining that her sister's not helping with hospitality because actually her sister's serving, isn't she? She's anointing the feet of Jesus. We see the two sisters serving the Lord in their own way, which is a really important thing. We're not all called to serve in the exact same way. Mm -hmm. There's lots of jobs that need to be done. And we see Lazarus, who for all he was in, the tomb for all the days mm. was managing to sit at the table. He no longer stunketh. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want to add to that, ladies? No. No? My mm. goodness, you really started to behave now. <laughs> <laughs> you told me to be quiet. I'm very obedient. Sorry, sorry. I'm so obedient. That's the thing you'll learn about me. Very obedient. No, I think that says it. I think it's beautiful. I like that she didn't care about mm -hmm. anything mm -hmm. other than mm -hmm. just loving Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like how the, the woman at the well, she didn't care about anything. Anything. She didn't yeah. care about her jar. She didn't care mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. what people thought of her mm -hmm. or who she might run into mm -hmm. that she used to avoid. Mm -hmm. She just needed to tell people exactly about yeah. Jesus. I love that we see the three different encounters. Mm -hmm. We see them doing life with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that we can just, you know, take aspects of that. Know we need to serve, but know we need the most important thing is sitting at his feet. Mm -hmm. And that for women, that we have the right to sit mm -hmm. at his feet. Mm -hmm. Everybody has the right mm -hmm. to sit mm -hmm. at his feet. Yeah. But this story here mm -hmm. has shown us that women have the right to his teaching, not just to be taught by other mm -hmm. people, but to, you know, 
to truly learn and sit at the feet mm-hmm. of our Lord and our Saviour. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is pretty Amen. awesome. Amen. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's, um, I'm just, I'm conscious of the time, so let's go for our takeaway. I've already said my takeaway. Mm. Thanks. <laughs> Danielle. <laughs> my takeaway is that in the world we have a term called um, break the glass ceiling. And I just feel like um, women are pressured out in the world to break the glass ceiling everywhere they go. You know, they they sort of have to become really bullshy and aggressive and have to be like constantly speaking up for themselves and have to win over this and win over that. And I just feel like Jesus broke the glass ceiling. I don't mm-hmm. have to fight for nothing. Don't get me wrong. I will speak up for myself. and I'll speak up for the oppressed. And I, I mm-hmm. love the idea of justice. But I don't feel like I have to prove myself in this world. I just don't. I feel like Jesus Mm -hmm. did it all. And even when it comes to even church life and having difficult situations with that in the sense of like the gift of teaching and where do I belong and how do I use that? I feel like God's the one that always puts me where I belong anyways. Mm -hmm. So I don't need to force myself into anything. I don't need to aggressively put myself in a place where I feel that I might belong. I don't need to convince anybody in the church that I have this thing that needs to be used. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like Jesus broke the glass ceiling for me. He puts me in the place that I belong. He knows where I'll be, and I can trust him for that. I can definitely trust him for mm-hmm. that. Um, and now if I think I would have taken a different route and become that that more feministic approach and how dare you and I'm going to do I just I'm so glad that God saved me from that. I'm really glad that he saved me from that idea. I'm glad that he was patient with me until I worked it out. And I'm so glad that Jesus shows us through all these women that he broke that glass ceiling for us Mm -hmm. and that we don't have to be like the world in that sense. You know, our place is completely with him. Yep. Mm -hmm. Julie? I really liked how in the the story about Lazarus, how we can see the way God, like the way Jesus laid things out and planned things out in such a way to have the biggest impact on the people, Mm -hmm. to glorify God. And he, he waited that length of time for a reason. Like, everything was just the Perfect. way he needed it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like you were saying so often, where we don't understand why God does things the way he does, but when we look back, we can see, oh, okay. And mm. sometimes we don't even look back no. and are able to understand, but sometimes we can, and then you just have that sort of realisation of, oh... Mm-hmm. Now, now I get it. I can yeah. see why things happen that mm-hmm. way. And, you know, this story is a good example of that. Like, you can see exactly how he made everything work mm-hmm. out the way it did mm-hmm. to to ultimately glorify God. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Great, ladies. I am, when I get to heaven, these two women are on my list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> people I want to sit down and chat with. And say, what did it feel like? And what was your tone? And, you know, did you ever use that tone again? <laughs> Danny, would you like to close us in prayer and yes. close off the podcast yes, as well? Sure. Thank you. Lord, thank you for this time where we can gather together and be in your word, Lord. And I just hope that the women who are listening would know that they are deeply loved by you and that you've called them by name and that you have a, a plan for their life, Lord, and that it's an, it's an important part of your ministry to get them involved in sharing the gospel. So, Lord, I just lift up this podcast to you, and I pray that people would be blessed by it. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope to see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.